Welcome to the podcast, Day One Patch Podcast, episode three thirty four. I'm your host Ryan Johnson. Tim Spence is here. Where? There. Oh yeah. Matt Lawrence. What's up? And Adriano Petty. Hi. <laughs> uh, some of the top stories this week include: this was quite a doozy. Uh, Last of Us remake is apparently in development, and uh, Days Gone Two pitch has been rejected. Uh, this is part of a. Uh, a big report by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. Um, we'll also talk about his report as well. It has more to do with uh, Sony, kind of how Sony's treating their first-party uh, developers and, and studios. Also, uh, this is usually the time when we start getting E3 news. Uh, E3 has officially been confirmed for this year. It's going to be an all-virtual event, and it is uh, going to be in June, like always. So we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, Twitch is banning streamers for serious off-platform conduct and harassment. And then finally, EA patents uh, adaptive difficulty system that adjusts to keep you playing longer. Uh, just to be clear, this this is uh, this story was updated. Uh, it was simply uh, EA like refiling for the same thing that they filed. I think we covered this story a while back, but that's what's coming up. Uh, What's new with you guys? Tim, what's new with you? Um, I've really just been playing Oblivion for the most part, even in my off time as well. Like I'm playing other characters um, off stream. Uh, but aside from that, just a lot of uh, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm like finally actually digging into it and uh, getting a lot done. And it's a lot of fun. It's probably the smoothest user experience of any of the games. Like they just mm. let you get into it really quickly and like, it's it's definitely easier. There's a lot of complaints for the game that it's the easiest game um, so far, but like they don't have the highest difficulty in the game yet. They always add G rank like afterwards, um, which is like, you know, you have to know basically like the monster you're fighting. You have to know your weapon. And if you get hit, you probably can't get hit again without getting knocked out. So like it's it's pretty much like hard mode. Um uh- as a newbie, I found Monster Hunter World to be quite difficult. Yeah, World, even for myself, was like it was different enough that it was kind of like there was definitely a, a new learning curve because it was so different from the previous games. Um, but it throws a lot at you. Like I feel Rise throw, doesn't throw as much at you right away. Um, whereas World was like you you have these huge open very complex and intricately designed hunting zones and like the combat for the game is maybe like a bit slower than what you might be expecting depending on what weapon you're using mm-hmm. and you kind of have to like temper your expectations when you go into it i think if you're used to playing other like action rpg type games um it's got a very like particular uh playstyle but what's nice is they have so many different weapon types that control so differently that you can kind of find one that sort of suits your niche the best. And then you can you can just go full bore into that or you can branch out to different weapons or, you know, whatever you may like to do. But um, and then the different monsters as well, like will test your your play style as well. Like some monsters are very will will keep their distance. Some will be always up in your face. Some of them will punish you for being too aggressive some of them will punish you for staying too far away. Like, so there's an interesting um, sort of like passive 
gameplay teachability to it if that makes sense um but rise i think like i feel like the monsters have less health because they wanted the hunts to be shorter like i would say my average time for a hunt is between five and eight minutes whereas in world in the beginning like it was usually between 10 and 15 so the game feels like i'm progressing through it faster as well right um and I don't feel like I'm that much better at Monster Hunter with Rise than I was with World. So, yeah, I don't know. It, the different games have different like difficulty curves as well because it has like the the power spikes will be different throughout the games. And like I'm trying to uh, do every hunt like I can along the way and do every request and all these things. I'm trying to just very slowly like work my way through it. 100% and I haven't done any of the online stuff yet because there's technically two different like storylines you could say there's like the online story that you can follow which is through the hub quests and then there's the single player story which is through the village quests and I'm still working through uh, the village but I'm up to the five star stuff now I've already hit credits once which oh, wow. didn't take very long um, I finished the like first beat of the single player story i think a friend of mine who's already played through it all said that that's about three quarters of the way through the like story but uh you do a couple more things after that in single player and then the story continues in the hub quests and then that's the end of it so i haven't touched any of the online yet i'm trying to just kind of take my time with it and it's actually been a lot of fun with world i i spent a lot of time um playing it like just non-stop and i burned out really quickly um, so with this one, I'm kind of just trying to pick it up, you know, maybe a half hour at a time or an hour and then, you know, put it down again. It's really nice having it on the switch just to be able to like pick it up, put it down. It's very convenient. Um, is it, is it only on the switch or what platform yeah. is it on? Yeah. It rises on the switch and it's coming to PC next year. Hmm. But, um, it's probably honestly the most fun I've had with the monster hunter game since four on the three DS four. Holy, I think, holy cow. I think just for like. The way the story went and like the designs of the weapons and the hunting zones and things like that, I think four will just always be my favorite. But Rise is really, really good. Um, I think honestly, probably better for new players than World was, and uh, it just gives you more of that that sense of classic Monster Hunter, to be honest. Um, and it really uh, just throws you right into it, which is really, really good. I feel like they wanted to keep people's. Uh, I think they recognize that people's attention spans are are worse now than they used to be so they try not to make the beginning grind too bad yeah because they probably have the like statistics on how long people stick with these games right they will now for sure yeah the last couple of games being online Mm -hmm. um yeah i uh i could i could see them having a lot of data on that sort of thing because it's a different team right they they had two different teams um before they had like a console team and the portable team and they would sort of alternate releasing titles. Uh, okay. Um, so the last team obviously was uh, a new team that they assembled with some old blood as well as new blood for World. Um, and that became the new console team. And then the portable team, the last one they worked on was Generations, I think, on the 3DS and then Generations Ultimate on the Switch. And then pretty much as soon as World started, I think they also started working on Rise. So the two games sort of were being developed in tandem but a bit staggered and uh i think they took a lot of things that they learned from world 
and sort of really refined it in uh in rise because there are certain gameplay mechanics that are definitely indicative of generations that was the game that had like uh what was called weapon arts so each of the different weapon types had like three different very like over the top flashy anime style moves they could do mm-hmm. um that were basically just like on a timer and they would just slowly refresh while you were doing your hunt um and uh so there's there's some slight customization that you can do with each weapon in rise um on top of already the ad- added like mobility the fact that you can like um use the wire bugs in a bunch of different ways and things like that it's uh it's it really gives you a lot more freedom i would say in a lot of a lot of cases so you know every weapon having so much more mobility now and then taking into account that mobility to change up the fights for the different monsters and stuff so like monsters that were sort of very like low tier back in the day now i think are a little bit more of a threat because they had to take into account like oh if i'm like zipping all around my wire bug and i can like get up on top of buildings and things like that like what's this one low level bear creature supposed to do he doesn't have a ranged attack because he's like one of the first things that you come across in the earlier games and it's not like you could climb walls and things back then so he didn't need one but now since you can just like run on top of like everything and run on walls and climb buildings and things he's got a thing where he like basically rips up chunks of dirt and rock out of the ground and throws them at you so it's just the, those little changes as well that if you're a newcomer to, to monster hunter you're not going to really like appreciate that as much but it's interesting to see these old monsters be um refreshed a little bit a little more polished and the considerations they had to make when it came to uh new mobility in this game but yeah it's really good um if you liked world you'll probably love rise uh I have friends who played World as their first Monster Hunter game, and Rise is like, they like it way more. Um, I have yet to do the online, but I played the demo a fair amount uh, when that came out in February, and it's really seamless. It's actually pretty impressive how good the online is on the Switch, of all things, because normally the Switch is like not super good for anything that's not first-party Nintendo. But yeah, it's really good. Cool. Um, Matt? me uh yes. more more bethesda stuff uh specifically morrowind so uh i am officially i'm officially over the over the hump of the story and i am preparing for the end so the characters in the game are all telling me about what i need to do and how i needed how do i need to get there so i'm doing all the preparations um so i think i mentioned last week that i was using like an unofficial an unofficial, not a guide, but an unofficial, um, I suppose that it is an unofficial guide, but I was only using the chapters that were written in there, um, to sort of gauge where I was. Well, I switched over to the Elder Scrolls, uh, wiki, which is actually the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, um, which is kind of the place for everything Elder Scrolls, or at least that's the, that's what I know it for. So I've been using their guide instead, um, just to kind of, just to, I mean, guide myself through this. And, um, there's three so in their in their uh you know main story guide they have three sort of main chapters there's the beginning uh which is the Kai which is Caius's quest he's like a character in the game and then the next one is uh basically preparing I don't know the name of them anymore but it's like preparing to be this prophet like this prophesized uh, person called the Neverine I believe and then the the next one is just two quests which is literally like the end so there's like the three main chapters I've done the, all the Caius quests. Those are well done. 
and I've done the the rather large um, intro quest to the second one. Now I'm basically being told, okay, you gotta you gotta like unite Morrowind, basically, and you gotta go and talk to. There's th- I believe it's there's three tribes of um, dark elves that are that live in these camps um, built out of yurts and stuff like this all throughout the different regions. So I have to go and get them to agree that I'm this prophesized Neverine person. And then I need to go to, I don't know what they are. Uh, I believe they're factions that you can join, uh, but I don't know what their purpose is because I've never actually joined one. There's like House Hulau, House Redoran, and House something else. Uh, and I need to go to them and they have a title called the Hortador or something like that. So I need These to names be, sound ridiculous. It's <laughs> like that, the problem with that game is like the names are just out there. And so like I forget exactly what I'm doing all the time. Um, there was actually a really stupid problem, too. Like, I don't know whether I missed something, but I've been playing this game at least like once or twice a week. More so usually just to sort of, you know, keep myself on track kind of thing to kind of meet the goal of beating it. And I like Caius is referred to as Caius in the in the journal. And he's even referred to as Caius in, like, the quest previous to the one I'm about to tell you about. Then the next quest, it says, go talk to the Spymaster. And I was like, who the fuck is the Spymaster? And I couldn't figure out who the hell it was. So I had to Google it to, like, look it up. And it was like, oh, just go talk to Caius. And I was like, why the fuck? Like, literally the previous journal entry says Caius would have a good idea of what to do here. And then the next one's like, go talk to the Spymaster. Who the fuck? Like, okay, so anyway, there's that. Uh, whether I'm missing something or whatever, I don't know. Uh, but I have, I now need to go and become this Hortador or whatever of all these. I'm doing those ones first. I'm doing the different houses because I'm already the Neverine of one of the one of the tribes. And I actually found one of the other tribes accidentally. I just kind of like accidentally walked over and found them. So uh, I need to find the last one. But here's the thing. So I need to become this like top person, whatever, in three of these houses. And... I thought like the one guy I went and I went to their headquarters and they're like, oh, if you want to like if you want to like, you know, talk to our leaders or whatever, here's a here's literally here's a book that tells you where all our leaders last look known location is and go talk to this guy named Crass something Curio Crass Curio or something, something like that. He's actually the guy that wrote Lusty Argonian Maid. And um, <laughs> yeah. And so and he actually like wanted me to like he, he gave me a copy of it too. fuck um, <laughs> fucking guy. But apparently he like writes plays and like people know him. So I knew where he was because I'd already done that quest probably previous. So I was like, okay. So I go and talk to him and he's like, oh, like you can pay me off basically. Like I'll get like everyone, all the leaders of each of the houses have to vote. This is what I didn't know. I thought it was just going to be one leader per all the leaders need to vote. So he's like, give me a thousand bucks and I'll, I'll vote for you. So I was like, sure, here you go. I have tons of money. Here you go. And then that happened. But then he's like, oh, well, there's these other like vote. There's these other leaders. And he's like, this one is like a mystery. No one knows where he is. This like this other one, she lives on like in like a manor house and like kind of gives me like a brief description of where she is. This other person is also in like a manor house, but it's like a manor house, like a more like a farmhouse of a plantation. So you can go find her there. And then there is an Argonian, I believe. And apparently he just doesn't like it. So they're like, oh, well, all the other leaders wouldn't mind if you just killed her. And I was like, all right. And it's like, yeah, so if you just kill this other person and then go get everyone else's votes, that means all the leaders have voted. So I was like, all right, like I'm trying to get this done expediently. So fine, I guess. So I didn't realize I thought it was just gonna be like one leader per each of these houses. So it's going to be a little bit of a journey still. But like I said, I'm already well into it. Um, And I'm kind of like 
I've been watching this Mikey D guy on YouTube, like I mentioned last week, and we've we had or like he doesn't do guides. He just uh, like does like challenges and Morrowind, like, oh, I'm going to go do this at level one and stuff like that. And I've been like just picking up on what he's doing. And then I've also been watching the odd guide. And um, I basically have like the super fast boots that were that don't blind me at all now because I did like this like spell trick. So I can run around really quick. I'm almost level twenty, Super so I'm has boots that don't blind me at all. Yeah, well, because they're they're the, <laughs> the, the age we live in. The, well, it's the uh, they they give me uh, they boost my speed by two hundred, but they give you one hundred percent blindness. But as an orc, I ma- I resist magicka by twenty five percent, so it only makes me seventy five percent blind. But this is what I did. So I and this is this game's fucking nuts. So I went to this or I went to this orc works for the mages guild. And I bought a spell from her of resist magicka. Then I went to this other person and uh, I think it's actually in the same room and this other person and she sold, she sells like you can create your own spells and then she like puts them together, I guess, and gives them to you. So um, I made a a spell. Now I would need a hundred percent, like there's a range. So I would need like a hundred to a hundred in order to guarantee this, but I'm an orc. I don't have much magicka, but because I'm also an orc, I I don't need a hundred. I need 75. And so I did. 75 to 75 resist magicka on self but what i did was i did it for one second most people recommend two i did it for one second now i can only cast it once or twice and then i have to rest to get my magicka back because you can also fail at casting it i think i can cast it at a rate of around 40 percent success rate so what i basically do is i cast it and if it fails i just rest and then i cast it again and when i cast it if it works while it's applying i go into the inventory which pauses the game and i put the boots on and the boots and all effects in this game are like spells on one and on like on you or on whatever they're doing and it applies the spell but because i'm resisting magicka simultaneously i resist the blind but i get the speed because the speed's an attribute so i i do that so i can run really quick uh so i have that um i rated like a vault there's like this vault that you can get a lot of good gear in so i rated that as well um none of this via cheating like i didn't use god mode or anything this is like all just me looking up guys and figuring out how to play basically uh so i did that i have better gear than that now for the most part um so i have i have that and i've like i'm like ripping through this game now like short of being stuck on like go talk to this person and i can't remember who like these people's names so i just have to look them up otherwise i'll be jumping around like crazy uh i like i know where to travel now basically i know where the cities are uh i know where all the guilds are i know where to get good stuff free stuff i know where to get like i know where to buy things i know what to look for so i'm kind of ripping through this game now so even though i'm at this part that's probably going to be a bit of a grind of like I don't know, potentially, let's say four liters per. So it'd be four, eight, 12, 16, 20, 24. Oh, I guess I'm missing. I guess the one doesn't. So I don't know. Let, let's just say 20 ish missions because I don't actually know if it's going to be four each or whatever. Um, 20 ish, quote unquote, missions. I'm sure like some of them I'll probably just end up bribing. Some of them I'll just end up killing. So it's just like find this person, kill them, find this person, oh. bribe them. Um, so I'm I'm well set up. I have a lot of gear. I have a house now. I didn't realize you can get a house in the game. Caius, I mean, spoiler, I guess, but Caius gives you his house and then he goes back to the Imperial City. What? So uh, I just been dropping everything on the floor because apparently that's what you're that's what people do. <laughs> so I just dropping everything on the floor. Uh, so I have like a lot of gear. I have lots of money. I have lots of stuff to sell if I run out of money. So I'm able to bribe everybody and I'm just like fully set up. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm only doing the main story i'm not doing any of the side stuff really anymore 
here and there I will if it's really really easy. I was doing the story and stuff, but what ends up what was what was happening was I was going in for a play session, doing a bunch of side stuff, only leveling up a little bit, and then it's like, well, I didn't get any further in my goal, and I just really don't want to lose focus and get bored of Morrowind and then not end up beating the story. So I can always right. go back and like join all these factions and stuff, of which I don't think I will to be to be honest. Um, so that's also why I'm just like, okay, you know what? Let's just get this damn story done. But I know I'm pretty far because I, I hit a point with a cutscene, which is like really rare in Bethesda games um, and even more rare like back then, as far as I can tell anyway. So I'm definitely over the hump. I, I'm done more than half of the missions themselves, if you just count out the missions, depending on how long they are, of course. And uh, that's where I'm at. So hopefully... I don't know, maybe a couple weeks or something like that, because I'm not not like I'm playing this thing every day. Uh, a couple weeks, probably I'll have it done, and uh, that'll be it. What's good about this Ooh, is doggy. that what's that? Ooh, doggy. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm leveled up. Like I'm like the one of the missions or one of the DLCs is Solstheim, which is the um, the island in the north, which has like werewolves and stuff, and that's supposed to be done at a high level, of which is level twenty. I'm level eighteen or nineteen. So I'm doing good. I have a hundred hundred axe like skill. I have a lot of the other skills. I'm working on armor and stuff like that slowly, just because obviously I'm like fixing my own stuff as it gets broken, stuff like that. Um, but I am like lacking in the exploration department. I'm just I'm not I'm doing it here and there if I need some money or something. But I'm just trying to do that. Uh, but other than that, real brief, uh, I started Outriders uh, with Ryan actually, and uh, that game is fucking fun. Uh, and what a great addition to Game Pass. Like, holy crap, to get that game for free, like, that's nuts. But yeah, that's a that's a fun one. Yes, there's some server problems here and there, but um, I mean, nothing that hasn't, you know, completely stopped us. Some crashes, for sure. Usually when we have server problems, the game crashes, uh, which is annoying. Hopefully patching, like, this weekend. Yeah, and it was improving. Like, you like you and I, Ryan, were, like, crashing every mission-ish, um, which the mission's, like, pretty long. Then it kind of became, like, I don't know. We did like one long play session, like days after that initial play yeah. session. And yeah. it was like we crashed like twice. So it's not it's not too bad. Like, sure, it kind of sucks, whatever. But like, I don't know. The game runs really smooth other than that. And uh, I don't know. I've, I've been having a real blast with it. It's uh, it's super fun. So that's uh, that's what I have been doing. Adriano. Um, what have I uh, let me bring up. You got a spreadsheet? What's going on over there? I keep just this quick little dumb... Because I can never remember what I actually played during the week, even though it's the same shit every goddamn week. <laughs> Hearthstone? Yeah, Hearthstone's Heroes of in the it. Storm before no, it gets pulled offline. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see you guys are so good so far. There's two more. One of them I played... Actually, both the other two I also played with Let's you say, guys. Let's say Sea of Thieves and Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch, Sea of Thieves, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone. Payday 2. And Payday 2, done. Ori and the Fucking Blind hell. <laughs> That's my list. <laughs> all right well yeah, thank you the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's uh that's adriano's corner uh i mostly just did outriders with uh with matt and uh i am also enjoying it um i probably would not have bought this otherwise if i didn't have it on game pass so i think that's a win for the the game pass uh, cause um you kind of win, a, honestly it's kind of a a good mix between like destiny and and uh division and and gears there's definitely a gears vibe to it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, like the the the, the sci-fi element is not th- that innovative. 
it just seems like a normal sci-fi kind of thing to me um the acting is isn't terribly great um but it's fun like the game's super fun and so you can kind of look past all the little the little gripes you might have and, and just have fun playing it and and it's, it's difficult but not not to the point where we're getting frustrated i remember us getting frustrated in some division missions where it was just like these guys are just soaking up our bullets it's like me and matt are actually able to like strategize when we lose and actually come back in and, and win the next time it's very disappointing that i don't have access to it on my game pass it uh call up your buddy phil i was uh i was looking i was i'm always looking for that like other division fix until the next division this is probably it yeah and it's a shame because I, I would have loved to have played this um with you guys but hey i guess i would have to have bought it on steam for what 80 bucks is it yeah. a full yeah i don't know yeah. is it only game pass and not game pass for pc that's right yeah yeah damn that's uh, yeah that's the unfortunate part um if they were to do a second one though if they like clean it up what, and they say five years yeah but like like let, let's say i mean it might come say, to game pass pc though yeah fair. but if they were to do a second one and they cleaned it up because you said you wouldn't have bought it ryan yeah if they did a second one and they kind of fixed the issues and you know evolved on it as sequels generally do would you buy it then would you buy the uh, second one i i'm yeah like 100 percent probably yeah i'm at 100 percent too on that Hmm. Uh, it's, it's I'm a little unclear if this is like a live game because I don't really see a lot of people talking about it being a live kind of game. Now maybe they have like a roadmap where they're going to be adding new missions and whatnot. Well, me and Matt are pretty are probably somewhat far from the end uh, end game. Yeah, I'd say we're like what actually happens, like forty percent ish. Yeah, so I don't know if this game's going to like continue on into the future or if there will be sequels or who knows what the plan is. I think there are expansions planned, though. Maybe don't don't quote me on that. I will say it is nice to have uh, a game like this, where I mean, I guess the division is the same way, actually. But where um, purchasing things like for real money is not like thrown in your face, like everything yeah, that we earn in no the store. game is is earned, you know, including the victories, which is nice. Like 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 Ryan was saying, the strategizing. Mm-hmm. I'm it, actually surprised it's not to just. To see that there is no store, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of refreshing, um, but at the same time, I've gotten used to stores. <laughs> Are there any micro microtransactions at all? I don't think so. Not so far, unless it's in the end game. But that would be weird to cut it off now. You could be getting revenue <laughs> now. Yeah, I mean, there is there are aesthetics, um, and you earn these things called accolades. Which is sort of like a battle pass, but there's nothing to purchase. It's quite literally just like, oh, earn aesthetics for your convoy, which follows you through the world. It kind of like drives you there. And it's just paint jobs. And everything is just like, oh, you know, you got to this level as your character. Or, hey, you like killed this creature. or You did this many bounties. Like, it's just totally passive and or you could go for the challenges. But it's just gameplay. It's not a monetization method. Now, could that be changed into something? Yeah, like definitely. But so could just a store be added as well. Um, but I don't. I, I didn't know how much I enjoyed looter shooters in general in, until this because I did really like the division. But I just thought I liked the division. I didn't really play too many looter shooters um, like this. But well, there is there is something addictive about constantly getting new gear that's better than what you currently had. Yeah, right. it's like playing Diablo, right? It's just yeah, constantly picking up stuff and finding yeah. gear and like that that one or two percent stat increase as you're going through and going through and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would recommend. I would say I would buy it if they took it away from Game Pass. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're yeah. right. It definitely won me over. You still have your access to your saves, right? Or is that a different... Uh, is it server-side or is it something that like if you... Uh, I would imagine it's server-side, but again, yeah. I, don't, I don't know for sure. I, I, I would think that they would have access to their saves. Because there is cross-play support. I don't know if there's cross-save or not. I'm not sure on that. But. Well, if we bought it on... Like if we, you know, we've been playing on Xbox and let's just say we, we it goes away from Xbox Game Pass and like I wanted to buy it on xbox i would still have my save even if it was local like the game is smart enough to realize like oh it's just it's not the game pass license it's and he bought it i don't it. think they do that weird sony thing where like the ps plus version is like a different version or whatever it was there's was something weird about final fantasy remember you like you couldn't get the upgrade to ps5 if you got oh, the ps4 right. i'm final still fantasy. trying to i'm still trying to figure out my control bullshit i don't even know what the fuck's going on with that <laughs> well i think i think you needed to claim the ps5 version of which which is fine i'm which is fine i'm totally fine with not having the ps5 version i'm just trying to figure out which version i do have because when i go to the store on the ps5 i don't see a claimed one in the store it says i can (laughs) i can buy either one but i have one installed and i have one like i don't know what version i have it's it's killing me oh uh if you have it installed i had this i had this problem not with purchasing but just with logistics of avengers if it tells you the console on your PlayStation 5, you're on the PlayStation 5 hardware and it tells you the console, it'll say mm-hmm. PS4. Mm-hmm. That means it's PS4. If it does not disclose, it's PS5. Okay, so then I'll go, I'll go through my scenario. It says PS4 on my PS5. Okay. It says the, the thumbnail just says control. But the description below says control, like... When you know, you know, when you're hovering over it and then like your your theme kind of changes and then, mm-hmm. okay, so the the background and then there's a store tile that says control ultimate edition. Oh, God. <laughs> but it says I can buy it. It doesn't say that I have it already when I'm hovering over my control tile. Going back to the PS plus, the one that we claimed, I'm supposed to have control ultimate edition. Yeah, but it just hell? says control and then it says I can buy control ultimate edition. And then when I go into the store, there's a, there's another control and another control ultimate edition, which have two other separate icons, which don't match my icon. <laughs> oh so, my Christ. So I think, and I, I have to I have to verify this by going into the PlayStation 4 store or to the website, but I think what it's doing is they have a separate PlayStation 4 version of control, a separate PlayStation 4 version of control ultimate edition a separate PlayStation 5 version of Control, and a separate PlayStation 5 version of Control Ultimate Edition. And I think I only have one of the PS4 ones. But because I'm on the PS5 and I go into the store, it doesn't show me the PS4 option. You'd have to go into your library, go to PlayStation Plus. That's what I think is happening. That's a mess. Holy Christ. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, Adrian. I spend I, I spend I spend more time figuring out the games that I do have than actually playing the games that I do. <laughs> Fuck. It's I hope like you get it going though, because that's a good game. I I plan on it some at some point. It's like trying to start up any Bethesda game. It's like, all right, I've installed it now. How do I get all these mods to work? And which mods do I install? You do vanilla Morrowind is what you do. <laughs> In four by three. I mean, at that point, you may as well just go back and play Daggerfall. 
Uh, wait, is there is there a mod that makes it sixteen by nine? Oh, uh, yeah, there, there are. Be. Wait, which one? Daggerfall? No, no. Um, well, that also does come in sixteen by nine now. But oh, wow. Yeah, there's a Unity update that makes it more three D, and make oh. it work on like modern systems. Apparently. All right. Well, let's hop into the stories for this week. Uh, the first one here is the Last of Us remake reportedly in development. And Days Gone 2 pitch rejected. This comes from IGN. But this is from a Bloomberg report. Into dissatisfaction among Sony's lesser-known studios, sources say that a Last of Us remake codenamed T1X <clears throat> was started by Michael Mumbauer uh, and the founder of Visual Arts Service Group, a Sony developer that traditionally assists development on PlayStation Studios games. Uh, Mumbauer uh, apparently assembled a new 30-strong development group and after passing on the idea of a remake of the first Uncharted game, settled on a remake of 2013's The Last of Us. However, the team reportedly ran into trouble after Sony kept their existence a secret and refused to offer extra budget. Head of PlayStation Studios Herman Hulst apparently deemed the project too expensive, and Mumbauer's uh, team was moved to support uh, development of The Last of Us 2. Now, for, I guess first of all, we'll just start off with, what do you guys think of a Last of Us remake? unnecessary isn't this strange yeah i mean i it, they already ported it to ps4 i don't know that we need to have it completely done again then there's three instances of the same game and it's saying skyrim you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, matt you made a good point uh, uh when we were just texting about this that it's not like that game's unplayable or has like outdated mechanics it's mm-hmm. a perfectly modern game. Yeah, that, there's nothing that wrong with anyone it. would have no trouble playing. I just played through it completely for the first time myself last year, and it was mm-hmm. a completely enjoyable experience. There was nothing that really felt dated about it. Yeah, yeah. There's something. There's something about you know games that will that age poorly. Like I mean, Morrowind is an example of one. Um, you know, no quest markers and stuff like that, where games over time from that game's release onward kind of like, you know, have better quality of life improvements, game design moves on and improves and whatever. So like something like Morrowind, you know, could do with a remake, of course. And that's why Moro Oblivion, the mod is like so popular because Oblivion is definitely more modern. You know, you're definitely going to have some aged stuff in there, but it's definitely playable. It's 360. So it's like, it, it, there's not that much quality of life improvement from then till now. Um, but like with Last of Us, like you could pick up a controller and just just play that and not be like, how do these menus work? And like, where do I go? And like, there's no it's not like a question of how do you play this? It's yeah. it's totally modern. I don't understand if they want to upgrade the textures and stuff, which I think they did in one of the versions. I mean, absolutely. Go ahead. Of course, 4K TVs, whatever. But well, it, it, so not only did it get a like HD up res for the, the PS4, right? It also mm-hmm. got a PS4 Pro patch as well. And, mm. and 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 a patch oh to like reduce reduce like load times and such. So it's, the, it's had work f- done to it. This is the first since. one you're talking about. Yes. Oh my no. God, Sony, pump your resources into something else. Holy shit! So if you actually read this article, which I do suggest, um, yeah, it's I called re- Sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within the the PlayStation Empire. It's on Bloomberg by uh, Jason Schreier. Uh, he kind of explains that Sony is really focused on kind of these big massive projects that will kind of guarantee sales and interest in the ps5 rather than kind of helping out their smaller studios to grow and become bigger studios 
And so one of the reasons why they're, they wanted to uh, remaster The Last of Us might have been the HBO TV series that's coming out. Oh. Right? And so they would release this remaster along with, I guess, a PS5 version maybe of The Last of Us 2. And then that would change be alongside the, the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Is this? You said the show is going to change the telling. Is this remake of the game going to be change the telling of it to be more like the I show? I think this is actually more of a remake in the sense of that uh, Demon Souls was a remake where they it's basically the uh, same game, fresh coat of paint, fresh you know everything, um, basically using Last of Us 2's whole style, right? But on Last of Us One. What if? How, but they, how different is Last of Us Two from Last of Us in a, in, style? in terms of visuals? Pretty 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 large jump. What if it's not actually a remake where they're just going to like, you know, do the same story with the same with a different coat of paint and, you know, more updated motion capture technology and things like that. What if, like you said, the show is going to have a different telling? What if the game follows the show's telling? What if it's just a different, a different, like alternate reality type thing? I I would be totally okay with if they if they did a reimagining and they wanted to take the story in a different direction. Like like the 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 first IP that I thought of when when that idea came up today in our in our WhatsApp chat was um I thought of Silent Hill and Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which is essentially just they took the base characters and they said I will uh they did a completely different take on the Harry Mason uh, Cheryl Mason story and the framework was completely changed the 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 narrative style was completely changed and all they did was just kind of roll over the most broadest of of character traits for for each character and they they went in a completely different direction so if they did that with the last of us yeah and they kind of just took the name I, I could I could kind of see that being okay but like what 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 they're well, describing? Uh, nah. It sounds like if they're worried about the project being too expensive, that kind of says to me that it's just it's just simply going to be a fresh coat of paint, let more, less than like actually remaking the entire game with new actors or, you know, especially if they say, were planning on like pitching it with The Last of Us Two as well. It sounds like a waste of time, but it will sell. Oh yeah, because I would I would probably buy it. I would I would not buy it, but I can think of many people who would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, it's pretty much guaranteed sales. And I mean, to be fair, Sony did outsell Microsoft for the PS4, Xbox One era, and it was largely to do with the available content. I mean, mm-hmm. it was also you know the launch was just way stronger with the lack of DRM and you yeah. know lower price and things like that, but also like. People think of exclusive titles. They think of PlayStation. They don't so much think of Microsoft anymore. Even though Microsoft does have a lot of exclusives, it's just not the same to the same degree as Sony. And we're also still waiting on a ton. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like they, they're you know in progress, mm-hmm. and you know that's probably largely the reason why Microsoft spent all that money to acquire Bethesda is because they needed a a a, a blockbuster studio to drive console sales. Yeah. So. Is Sony, you know, kind of foolish from the customer's perspective for doing something like that? Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, clearly works. So why wouldn't they do it? Well, Matt, we got some bad news for you. Um, what? This was in the, this was in the same <laughs> report. Bloomberg also says that Sony Bend 
pitched a sequel to Days Gone after the game's release in 2019, but was rejected. Sons of Sony, bitches. Sony then apparently moved Ben developers onto two Naughty Dog projects, a multiplayer game, presumably the standalone Last of Us multiplayer game, and a new Uncharted project, which has also been rumored recently. So <laughs> no more boozer, Matt. Well, here, okay, here's here's the thing. This isn't about Days Gone, though, but this is just, I have not I have not read that article yet, but, like, just from the headline, like, the one thing that I think they're missing out on is, like, something like Outriders is a good example, because we just talked about it. Outriders is not this big masterpiece of a game that defines the genre. The Division, I remember it, because I really liked it, but that didn't define the PS4 for me. There's no, like, ooh, look, like, The Division, you know, The Division. Like, it's it, it's just, like, a fun... Uh, not well, kind of mindless at times, but like, it's just like a, a good shooter, RPG, loot shooter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a good game, period. It's not a masterpiece, but it's like, it's good. It's fun, whatever. And like, same with division two, in my opinion, and also outriders. See, the thing with Sony is sure. They want to hit the blockbusters. Like, and like Tim said, they want to get people in because there's like, they have a lot of these defining games, blockbuster games, whatever, but there's nothing stopping them from having a spinoff studio that does the B projects where they could still be triple A games, but they're just like, this is like the division. This is a loot shooter. This is an indie game that like we helped publish or something. This is like, there's nothing stopping them because they're making so much money from these big blockbuster titles that yeah, when like, I get it. If, if they have, if they're on, I mean, I was going to say E3 stage, but I guess that ship has sailed. But like if they're <laughs> if they're on some sort of stage on State of Play or whatever, and you see that PlayStation Studios or whatever uh, publisher uh, logo come up, you know, yeah, OK, if you don't want to associate that brand with anything but blockbusters and you want people that when they see that logo, something big's coming, you know, God of War, whatever. Yeah, OK, I get it. Totally. So but you could just have that B studio where it's just like whatever they call it, whatever. And it's a different logo. It's a different, it's a different branding, but it's also exclusives because realistically, I mean, they could like PlayStation really could have some really good, just games because most of the time when we're playing games in general, yeah, there's these masterpieces. Like Morrowind was a masterpiece of its time. Oblivion was probably a masterpiece of its time. I don't really remember. I was kind of young, but like, um, I thought it was like, that's a defining thing for me for the 360. Uh, there's like, God of War, stuff like that. Like there's these masterpieces of their time. But most of the time we're playing like Overwatch, Fallout 76, and there's nothing wrong with these games, but they're not masterpieces. And Sony's missing out on all of that money. COD Mobile made $10 billion. Like, what are they doing? You know, they could think, they, well, they could get that money. The report makes it sound like the battle they're having right now is tr- Making it making making consumers feel like they need a PlayStation, mm-hmm. right? Whereas a Days Gone sequel might not make people feel like they need to buy a PlayStation over an Xbox, but something like a Last of Us or a new Uncharted game, you know, would. Or but the here's the thing: is like we need games on the PlayStation. Yeah, I know. my my PlayStation laid like my PlayStation Five sat idle for a week or so because there's no there's no Fallout seventy six season. Their Outriders was given to us on Game Pass, so Microsoft effectively won that toss of the coin, right? Even though it is on both platforms, um, and like PlayStation, like PlayStation is they need a game, they need games on there. Like Avenger, and, what's and, bringing people well, there? PlayStation Five well, version of Avengers, like well, they they do have games. Like if you if be, before this launch of the, the the these consoles, like PlayStation clearly had the the dominated. Uh, mm-hmm. they they're dominating in the the exclusives 
and a lot of those exclusives do roll over to to the PS5. Like it, like like clearly Microsoft acquired Bethesda to counter that. So PlayStation still still has footing in that area. They just gotta, I guess they. Uh, I, I lost my train of thought, but. <laughs> Well, you know, I, um, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Like they're they're the, like the vibe I'm kind of getting is like they're kind of a one trick pony. They 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 make they make what they consider and what a lot of other people consider masterpiece level titles, and then they are like, oh, this works, so we'll stick with it. Of course, stick with it. Like I'm not saying get rid of those, but they need those filler titles. And yeah, you're right, Adriano. There's a shit like there's a shit ton of freaking PS4 games you can play on the PS5. But the thing is, is like a lot of these games have been you know kind of exhausted. Or at least from my perspective, has been have been exhausted because I've been playing a lot of these games to the point where like seventy six, like we've run out of content. We need a new season, you know. We like we're waiting for the next season. We're waiting for the next update. Whereas like like the Xbox, I mean, sure, like I don't play it all that much, but the Xbox has the Game Pass. They're just tossing us so many games that it and for free too. Like Sony has those masterpiece games. And those masterpiece games require you to sort of like sit down and play them. Like you kind of need to like really get into them. But they need it, in my opinion, they need it. And maybe not even exclusive. Maybe that's why they don't care. But they need to have these filler titles. Outriders is one of them. That's fine because it is on PlayStation. But like they're, I think they need these filler titles. They need to have these. The Sony should make like a really good division level something. And then, oh, that's only on PlayStation. And that's like an MMO. And that makes them a bunch of money so that if one of their masterpieces flops, because it will happen eventually, then it's not like, well, we're fucked. And something like Days Gone, whereas I really enjoyed it, Days Gone's just like a really good, in my opinion anyway, uh, zombie open world game. Is it a masterpiece? Does it push the bar? No. It doesn't have good acting, in my opinion, and <laughs> stuff like that. Like the story's kind of like, eh. But like, I just liked improving my bike, driving around, killing hordes. But that's, that's not Sony level. That's the part that that's kind of sad is like, they. I make fun of Days Gone a lot, but I did enjoy the game. Um, and and a, you could definitely see where they could have gone with a sequel. There's oh, yeah. definitely potential there. The, the the the. So it's it's just a sad thing that they're not gonna get a, not gonna get that. And then they're just like they get sent off to do, like Naughty Dogs, like, you know, side projects. You know what I mean? Like grunt work, yeah. Like, oh, th- thanks for thanks for this game that I assume sold okay. Thanks for this game that sold okay. Uh, go do this. Go do our big our big studios work. It's like okay. I think what the ironic part of all of it is is like obviously Sony, obviously Sony knows that like if they wanted to make ten billion dollars, they could look at COD Mobile and be like, all right, look, that's working. Let, we could do something like that. And they they Sony knows how they could print money, but they they say like their their slogan for playstation is always it's always been about experiences like you want you want we want to be offering players these like experiences that they can't have anywhere else but when i sit here and think about it and you had mentioned it briefly before and i was going to touch on when you when you think back to the games that you enjoyed playing when you were younger based on the experiences you had playing it it's never usually single player games like maybe if it's something kind of um like groundbreaking at the time like oblivion or skyrim or morrowind or whatever but typically it's not single player games that you talk that you think about you usually think about multiplayer games you think back to the experiences that you had with your friends while you were playing multiplayer games 
whether it was sitting there next to each other playing, you know, Mario Party on N64, or if it was, you know, Halo, Halo 3 playing online on Xbox Live for the first time. Like, it's always going to be the multiplayer experiences. So if Sony is so hell-bent on having people, like, have their console for the sake of the experience, why, why spend all this money, all this time, all this effort back in these huge studios that are already huge because they are like, oh, you know, it's a safe bet, it'll print money. But, like, if you wanted to print money, you could just print more with something like COD Mobile. So why not encourage these smaller studios or at least these games that are going to have maybe not grandiose multiplayer experiences but like you can look at games like fortnite or you know goddamn roblox or something that's like small but it's multiplayer and it just it dominates the scene you have things like among us phasmophobia these games that just have huge 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 impact in the industry from like the very moment that they start being whispered about until the day they fade into obscurity like, it doesn't have to be a triple-A blockbuster to have that impact and to have those experiences. If you want game people who are playing games to have experiences, I mean, it's right there for you. And uh, so this has caused a bit of unrest within Sony because people from Bend are actually, like, leaving. Uh, I believe also, um, what was his name? Uh, Michael Mumbauer, I believe he also left. And so they're actually losing talent because of this now because people just don't feel like Sony's kind of not prioritizing on the, the side of the studios of the game anymore. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this and, why, as, as a PlayStation uh, fan, I'm actually pretty pretty concerned about the future of where Sony's heading. Is this why Sean Layden left? Do you think that he saw something like this brewing? Because we've been, we discussed him leaving. That and was it kind quite of seemed, a while ago. He I probably don't... left because he just wanted to go and. I'm not sure why so, he left. He probably um, wanted to retire. But Andrew House left too. There was a shakeup during that time. I can't remember the exact details, but yeah, there was some certain things. Uh, oh, I do remember, um, again, this is just my memory, so it could be wrong, but I remember Sony Japan was upset that the, the PlayStation division wasn't making more money. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's because never it was, enough. Like, it's, like, it's like their only profitable like <laughs> sector. Right. Never enough. They're only profitable hardware, yeah. <laughs> so they're really trying to push it, I guess, and then that caused a kerfuffle. You know what's you know what's scary too is like as if as and if Sony continues to lose talent, um, Sony kind of historically is uh, unless there's mass outrage like with crossplay, and even then, they're slow. They're slow at changing. Uh, they're slow at moving like at moving things around, and also. Like they have PlayStation Now. Like if you go on PlayStation Now and look at it, PlayStation Now has been around for since PlayStation Four, early PlayStation Four, from my memory. And right now, with the titles on there, PlayStation Now is super viable, and they do not push <laughs> that thing at yeah. all. Like it is, it is a legitimate Game Pass, uh, like competitor. But yeah. it isn't actually because then no, they don't talk about it at all. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it is, even though it is. You can play it on PC. I'm pretty sure. You can, yeah. Like, like Stream, the like, streaming at least, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's 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 above and beyond the capability right now of Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass, the the streaming part is only on the phones right now. If uh, if I learned anything from Mad Men, it was that when a brand is broken, you have to rebrand, and I think that's kind of what's happening with PlayStation now. Is they could push all this marketing behind it, and I still think it's going to have the same reputation. I think they should just like say we're shutting down PlayStation now and here's the new PlayStation Game Pass 
you know something well here's the other thing too is um like i would say i would say like sony like the crossplay thing they moved super slow on they moved they moved super freaking slow on that sony is sony is like the a, a good example is like their their hardware innovation I'm sorry to say this, but like the hardware of the PlayStation five runs fine, whatever. It's fucking huge. It's too fucking big. And like they're all, they always try to be like outside of the box, but then they don't like back it up. A good example is that hardware, not the PlayStation five, but the dual sense. Oh, you don't need a headset. There's a microphone right in the, right in the controller. That microphone sounds like actual trash. Like, come on. Like, why did you, you, you push out this innovative thing? Don't use a headset, just use the controller. And then the microphone sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like PlayStation Now. Here's this really innovative thing. You can now use, I think they called it Gaikai back then. You can now use Gaikai to stream your PlayStation 3 games to your PlayStation 4. And then, the, like, the support disappears. Like, it's still there, but they just sort of, like, stop talking about it. PSTV, and we're, okay, yeah, that's good enough. And they just don't, like... It's like they don't follow it up. There's just like not an oomph behind it. Like maybe the PlayStation 5 hardware, like the console itself, that's maybe some more subjective. But like that microphone, that microphone in that dual sense is a piece of trash. <laughs> it is a piece of trash. It's terrible. All right. Uh, let's move on here. Oh, E3. How are you guys feeling about E3? Isn't it canceled? No. It's been reimagined as an all-virtual event coming in June. This is from Polygon. Uh, will take place between June 12th and 15th. Uh, will feature content from Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Bros. Games, and Coke Media? Koch? Coke? Yeah, see. sure. Wait, what? Who? Like, how do you spell it? Like, like Coca-Cola? K-O-C-H. All right. Sure. Uh, so that's actually a pretty good list. Obviously, uh, Sony's Sony's not there. EA's not there. They haven't been to E3 in a while. Um, otherwise, they've got kind of all the other big guys, except for uh, like Square Enix. And let's put it this way: I have forgotten about E3 <laughs> well before COVID nineteen. It's now gotten to the point where now when somebody utters the the letter and the number E3 to me, I don't think of E3. I just think of the ward at the one hospital because it goes letter number. I just think, oh, I have to go up to E3 to do work. Like that's that's the first thing that registers to my brain now. It's not the video game thing anymore. Uh, game developers and publishers will showcase their games at E3 uh, directly to fans around the world, the ESA said. E3 2021 content will be free to access uh, thanks to unannounced global media partners. I, 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 I want E3 to continue. I'm sure you do, buddy. I want E3 to continue, but I, like, I'm almost at a point where per, me personally, I think like the, almost like the brand is broken. There's no reason that it should be broken, though. It, it's almost like everyone just woke up one day and said, yeah, screw E3. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It was kind of like the Twitter outrage, and that's what kind of was uh, not like, outrage. What did, like, what did they do? Like, they just they just put on like conferences every year. Like, what's there to hate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I think a lot of uh, the press, too, was kind of pissed off because there was that leak of all their emails and whatnot. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'll do it. Which was an accident. It's not like e- like the ESA was like, ha ha, take this. Gotcha. But apparently it was just like on a not 
too encrypted website. Like it was just like posted on a random page that anyone could just go to. Someone found it, yeah. Yeah, it was it wasn't even like it was an accident, it was just it was very carelessly done. Well, but, like, good luck we, to E3, I guess. But yeah, like we 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 saw we saw the decline of E3 leading way before the the end of the world happened. But I I feel like it's one of those uh, self fulfilling prophecies where everyone's just saying, "Oh, E3 is going to die. E3 is going to die." I'm with you. I'm with then, you on that. And then they they end up killing it, even though it had no reason to die. Yeah, I'm with you on that because like even though Sony left, like again, that's another weird thing that Sony did. But like Sony leaves E3, okay, fine. Uh, like there's tons. Like Bethesda was new there. You know, there was a newcomer, and then. <clears throat> Like, yeah, like, the oh, why, guess, why did E3 die? Like, what? I couldn't give you an answer, really. I guess Bethesda is now going to be part of the Xbox conference. Uh, that's uh, a good question. I wonder if they would keep it separate. Maybe they well, they're, they're not on the list here, um, but I feel like Xbox would want that at their own event because they'd have more eyes on, on theirs, probably. I wonder if it'll you be know? longer now. Well, because, well, I don't oh, know. God, Xboxes didn't... were always so long. Do do it back to back. Do the Xbox and then do Bethesda or do Bethesda and do the Xbox. <laughs> didn't Bethesda and then, always... And then, and then they can complement each other. Present on the same day anyway? I remember Beth- Bethesda's always Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday. That's right. I don't Sunday remember before when the... The, the actual with all the big e- e- yeah. conferences. Mm. Okay. I don't. I don't ever remember when Xboxes was though. Monday. I never morning. kept up with the actual schedule. I always just like waited for all the trailers to go up on YouTube. Uh, for most of my recollection, it was on Monday morning. It was Xbox, EA, Ubisoft, Sony, with Nintendo on the Tuesday, and then when Bethesda finally came in, that was on the Sunday before. So there you go. I will be watching. So yeah, got one well, viewer I'll, E3. I'll watch it too. Let's put it this way: they could do an E3 every. They could officially call it E3 and do one every year from now till the end of time, and I'll, I will still watch it. But it also, if it went away, I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm weird with this, too, because like I I like getting all my, my news. I've said this before. I like getting all my news in all those conferences. Like, obviously, we have a couple podcasts and stuff like this, but I would get the majority of, like, oh, I'm going to play this game this year and this game this year, and, like, kind of almost, like, very, very, very loosely, because things get delayed. Pl- plan out what I'm going to purchase that year, let's say. Um... Uh, during E3 or like know what to get hyped for or know what to look for and I would get most of my information from there but like now it's like I'm definitely going to watch it it, it is it, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy Ryan like there's no re- mm-hmm. like I can't even come up with a reason why I wouldn't watch it I remember your message when they first announced Fallout 4 oh yeah you were just hammering you were so excited man like I I hope <laughs> you get that again one day I hope you can experience <laughs> what you had that day because I'll just never, I'll never forget like just the, sh- the random letters you were punching in into the group chat and just like trying to, and I'm trying to dissect what the fuck you're saying. That is forever chasing that, that high though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and was, then, I was pretty fucking hyped. That's for damn yeah. sure. And then, and then I think, I think my immediate response <laughs> was trampoline. Oh yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. It's just how excited you were, man. I remember the night of the conference, I remember the, I think like Marty was working uh, in a place where he had to get up early. So he was actually asleep when the conference was on. And then he sent us a screenshot of his app icon the next day. And there were 97 missed messages. Oh, that's, (laughs) that's nothing. I'm in a group chat and I get like, I'll go in and there's just be hundreds and hundreds of missing per day. And I just like, nope, I go, I swipe in. And I go read a novel every day. Uh, yeah, uh, I 
They 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 very well. In fact, a person who listens to this podcast knows that I automatically mute that, that <laughs> chat and, I, and I don't and I don't bother to, uh, to actually look at it. All right, next up here, we got uh, Twitch will ban streamers for serious off-platform conduct and harassment. This is from GameSpot. Uh, Twitch has given a clearer outline of how it will handle off-platform harassment and serious misconduct. In a blog post, the company categorized off-platform harassment into two sections. Harassment that occurs on Twitch and other platforms and harassment that takes place entirely off-platform. Prior to this, its policy for the latter uh, was not written out in detail. Uh Category one covers cases where harassment takes place both on Twitch and off of it, citing a specific example of what counts as the first category. Twitch stated that it would take related harassment on Twitter into account when investigating a reported misconduct incident during a Twitch live stream. Uh, The newer part is a category two. Twitch will now enforce against serious offenses that pose a substantial safety risk to the Twitch community, even if those actions occur entirely off Twitch. The platform goes on to enumerate what behaviors fall under this umbrella, including deadly violence and violent extremism, terrorist activities or recruiting, explicit and or credible threats of mass violence, i.e. threats against a group of people, event or location where people would gather, leadership or membership in a known hate group, carrying out or acting as an accomplice to non-consensual sexual activities and or sexual assault, sexual exploitation of children, such as child grooming and solicitation, uh, distribution of underage sexual materials, Actions that would directly and explicitly compromise the physical safety of the Twitch community, such as threatening violence at a Twitch event, and explicit and or credible threats against Twitch, including Twitch staff. Whew. That's quite say, a bit holy there. fuck, this got this got way more serious than me bitching about a dual sense <laughs> microphone. Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um the early on in that in that list you just did, it is say that it was also going to look at instances on Twitter. Like they're going outside of Twitch to look at possible instances. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. This says, uh, uh, I believe it was like during the live stream. I don't know if they'll go after you, like just if you tweet something. Yeah, that's something. a bit confusing. Yeah. Even as a content creator, is like, <laughs> I need a little, a little bit more specifics on that. Well, this was supposed to be the specific. They they probably have an actual document you can go read. I'm getting this from GameSpot. Yeah, I'm I'm just wondering, like, and you know you're going to get those people that are like, oh, well, oh, oh, world police, they're policing my, my behavior outside of the platform right. as well. It's just like, well, why would they want to associate with somebody who, like, is getting nothing but bad press on a different social media platform? Like... Well, this is always the struggle too with these like you're, these like self-made. Um, you're almost an employee of Twitch, but it's just like you happen to be an employee naturally. Whereas any other like media, if you were like a a, a host on a talk show or something, and something happened off, you know, off screen, you would still get punishment or be fired. Mm-hmm. But it's like people think they have a right just because they made their own Twitch account and stream on their own Twitch account that Twitch has no right to punish them. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I, th- I feel like maybe do people do feel that way, but that just doesn't make sense. Like you can sit there and think about it for two seconds and you can think about how that doesn't make sense. People don't like the fact that 
it's like, oh, well, I didn't do anything wrong on your platform, so why are you banning me on this platform? It's like, well, why would they want to associate with somebody with this reputation, A? And B, it's like, this isn't <laughs> like like it was when you were a kid where, oh, I, I took something from the candy shop uh, without paying for it when I was four years old and the world didn't find out about it. It's like, yeah, that's because the internet didn't exist at that time. But like, if you're going to put it out there on the internet you have to understand that it might reach ears that you don't want it to reach. Like you have to be kind of smart about what you're saying. If you're going to, if you're trying to pursue a career as a public figure, you can't just not be held accountable for your actions because you think that it doesn't, it's not fair that this platform is policing you based on what you did on another platform. Yeah. And, and, and listing out some of these things, this, this is all pretty extreme stuff here. Uh, it's not just like telling someone to go, you know, f off or something. Mm-hmm. It's like these are actual serious criminal charges, charges. Here. and criminal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've always wondered too, like because some of that stuff's so serious. Like, is there a company that all these guys go to? Because like, is there like a PI agency? Because I don't, unless Twitch hires, like, you know what I mean? Like, how does Twitch? Some stuff's blatant. It's on Twitter. It's public. Fine. But like, how does how do these companies Twitch and other companies? They might, they're, you know, they might be independent investigative. Uh, teams like that right H- hiring the friggin pinkertons here like <laughs> i suppose yeah but I, I, there's probably um yeah there's probably some sort of company that does it because like i do that, know that uh that like apple it, has like its own like little like police force like but under like hired by apple or like yeah they're like they're they're apple employees who are oh, like, a police force to investigate uh any kind of leaks or any issues that they have Jesus. So Matt, you better be careful on your uh, on your Twitter. Just uh, my yeah, my Twitter, Matt. which I haven't tweeted in God knows how long. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, final story for the week, which is kind of an old story. Uh, I just this was more to kind of spark a conversation. Uh, but EA patented a uh, adaptive difficulty system that adjusts to keep you playing longer. So now um, there was a correction to this, just saying that uh, basically EA was like refiling their patent that they had already filed in 2016. We've been using this for years, guys. Yeah. So this is the anti-rage quit mechanic you're saying? Pretty much. It, so basically it um, it's a system that dynamically adjusts how difficult a game is. Um, so it will kind of keep an eye on you, see how you're doing. And if you, if you keep getting killed or something, it'll make it easier. So you actually get through it which will then cause you to play the game longer, you know, which will, I mean, in the end, they're hoping you spend more money, right? It's funny because it's not the first time that I've heard of a mechanic like this. Um, it's a, it's sort of an unknown mechanic in uh, Demon Souls, actually, where there's this um, mechanic in the game called, I think it's called World Tendency or something like that. That's, that's, not it oh yeah think, yeah but anyway That's um right. and i think it's in the it's in the remake as well mm-hmm. um where if you're dying a lot then it makes it so that you basically you don't come up against as much of a challenge when you're playing the game adaptive you, difficulties adaptive difficulty yeah and um mm-hmm. in so many words and uh if you are kicking ass and you're getting lots of souls and stuff and you're not uh you're not dying very often then um it's harder essentially and this was back in 2000 when did that game come out 2009 2008 
Uh, there's an earlier one. Uh, Resident Evil Four does that exact same thing. Yeah, it's the thing and, of Resident Evil as well. Yeah, it's uh, it there's there's a lot of good videos kind of dissecting it and just how 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 tastefully it does it and it doesn't even let the player how it never lets the player actually be aware of it that they're slightly adjusting the difficulty so you're always kind of in line where with your skill set. Well, Left 4 Dead as well. It was the idea of the, um, yeah, I was going to say Left 4 Dead, the idea of the, uh, what's it called? The, 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 the director. Director. Yeah, yeah, director yeah. AI. So is that how we got through it? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That 100% sucked. It's, it's pretty clever, I gotta say. You Here's just a question. Ratchet down the difficulty a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So it still feels like the the people are like, oh yeah, I, I had to work through that in order to succeed, but it didn't necessarily feel too easy. Here's a question. If if there, you have the ability to turn it on before starting your game, would you turn it on? Yes. Really? Depends, I think. It depends on the on the developer. Um because a lot of people a lot of people argue on the whole like air quotes like intended experience when it comes to mm-hmm. games and they're like oh i want to play it the way the developers intended for it to be played so i play on normal difficulty or whatever and there's a whole bunch of like gatekeepy bullshit around that whole thing that's a whole other conversation but like i i like to play most games on normal difficulty because i feel like that's the way that they intended for you to play through it the first time um i'm a big fan of difficulty settings in games because uh it just makes it more accessible for more people and namely for people who might have like disabilities that makes it harder for them to play games it makes it so they can also enjoy those stories and play through them themselves i think it's really important to have uh, as an accessibility feature um and plus it's a fucking video game like you're supposed to have fun when you're playing it and if you're sitting there and you're getting frustrated and annoyed and you're not having a good time because it's too hard or whatever then why why shouldn't you be able to adjust it yeah. so that the game is more fun. Like there's, the, I there is no argument against that that will convince me that, um, you know, like difficulty settings are, are ever a uh, a bad thing. Even with the Soulsborne games, a hundred percent. Like I do like that those games went after a certain thing, but it's like if you want to play a game for the sake of, um challenge if that's what you want then those games sort of fit that um niche but i do think that they would be better if people if they had scalable difficulty and it's like again you can argue the whole like intended experience thing when it comes to that but i think it would be made better if people um if or or if developers had given scalable difficulty settings. Uh, I really liked the, uh, the idea of the director, but I also like that Left 4 Dead has the scale too, like normal through, through expert mm-hmm. as well as I think maybe even easy and through expert and then also realism in the second game as well, which also I believe has difficulties too. And then there's the director in each one. I do think that's, that's good. Like, cause some games too, like experience, ex- like, uh, based on what the developer wants you to feel some games, like you're supposed to feel like a badass, like you're supposed mm-hmm. to. And so like you running around killing everything is like, well, yeah. Cause like you're like know, the God of whatever, like yeah. yeah, the doom. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so like that totally makes sense. So I think left for dead kind of like, even before this argument really even came out, 
Left 4 Dead kind of almost mastered it <laughs> already. So hopefully yeah. Back 4 Blood's like that, honestly. I, I, I imagine it will be. I imagine it will be very similar to Left 4 Dead. It's funny that this this uh, topic of conversation comes up. And I didn't really mean to like segue into this, but uh, a friend of mine who's a content creator on Twitch and she's becoming very popular these days. Um, a couple of articles, I think a Kotaku and maybe another article website wrote articles about her because she did a bit of a rant this week um, about this very topic. Just saying like she's playing um, Kingdom Hearts on the easiest difficulty and going through the entire series because she's trying to pay attention to the story. She's not playing it to have like a hardcore time because I'm I, I'm not super familiar with the games, but I know people uh, it's it's well enough in the pop culture sphere. I think that uh, people know those games are pretty much just made to be more grindy on the higher difficulties. And if that's your bag, that's totally fine for me. That really sucks the fun out of a game. If uh, the enemies just have like more health and deal more damage, that's not more difficult. That's just more tedious. But anyway, um. So she went on a bit of a rant saying, like, you know, people are coming in and they're saying, like, oh, why are you playing on, like, you know, baby difficulty? Like, oh, of course, girls have to play on easy difficulty because they don't have, you know, the skill. Guys are just better at games, all this, like, bullshit, right? Um, and she's like, if I want to play it on this difficulty so that I can get through it and I can pay more attention to the story and the characters and enjoy the experience, then that's what I'm going to do. Why would I, like, needlessly set this game to be harder so that it's going to be a worse experience for me and then a worse experience for the people watching because I'm not having as much fun playing the game. Like, just let people play games the one, the way they want to play them. That's why they're called games, because they're supposed to be fun. And, of course, most most of the, you know, response to that has been a good response. Um, but, you know, there's always that percentage of people saying, like, oh, you know, this is, um, you know people are, are are lesser for playing on easier difficulty which is it's just bullshit and i mean again when it goes back to even just like the accessibility piece that i was talking about before even if it's just for that it's a million percent valid and anyone who disagrees with that just their opinion is just not valuable at all i i would love to see a, an experiment probably like an indie developer would probably be able to pull this off i want to see a game present its difficulty options at the beginning, not as easy, medium, hard, or diff, or you know, whatever, but as just something completely arbitrary and see, and then collect data based on that. Like it literally call it pick your difficulty X, circle, square, and triangle, but don't actually say what those difficulties are. I just see what, uh, play you can have a little bit of adaptive difficulty on it like like have each one of those as a preset whether it's it's uh you know easy medium hard extra hard but then still have like an adaptive level on it and just kind of see how how players deal with each one because like psychological aspect of it as well yeah because i don't think it helps that they, they people call it easy normal or hard or easy medium and hard like I like I think I think that middle word of normal or medium is yeah because it's like relative doing, to what yeah like it's a it's a it's a it's a dimensionless word it doesn't like what is normal um 
So I like I've I've always been kind of curious to know how how what is an alternate way you could present difficulty options? Like do you do like a like a questionnaire like some oh. games do and and do a personality test and then do it based on that? Like I have seen some games just listed as like oh I want to experience the story or story difficulty explore difficulty yeah yeah stuff like that. Um I do want to I do agree with you guys first of all. Um that there's no there's no problems with adding more options, right? But just being a good little bit of a devil's advocate here, um, if we want to consider games art, then I think we also sh- shouldn't criticize a developer who wants to only make their game hard, like the Soulsborne games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it, there is a niche that it can be that can be achieved. Like, not every game has to do it. I think that every game should, and it makes games better for doing that. But developers are still well within their rights to make games you know, a specific difficulty for the experience of it. If that's the intention of the experience, then that's, I'm, I'm on board with it. Right. Cause to me, it's almost like um, in certain cases, uh, it's like telling Tarantino to make his movies less violent because I want to, I want my kids to watch it or something. Yeah. It's a stylistic you choice, know? right? Yeah. But like, games I, do I, have the option though. Like movies, like if you, if, well, you, well, don't, they, you don't have an yeah. option to, to turn it down a bit, but games, you, you do have that option, right? People uh, with movies, they they do like TV edits and they do the uh, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. That thing's real. Yeah, there was a, there was <laughs> that was it. There was um, wasn't there like an alternate version of uh, Deadpool two where they they put it back in theaters with? Like, I don't know like, how they did that. I, Working I some magic in the editing room there. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't even remember if I've seen Deadpool two. To be honest, I I can't remember which. Um, okay, is the the superhero that that is just incredibly lucky that nothing bad ever happens to her? Is she in the Jinx? second one? Yeah. Okay, so I have seen. It. I couldn't remember which which <laughs> Deadpool movie I'd see. It's the one with the uh, uh, what's uh, his name cameo Th- Thanos. Uh, not Thanos. No, you no, it is Thanos. Um, <laughs> Josh Brolin. Yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah. So I think I have seen. <laughs> oh this yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Thanos, but the actual actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I can't think of his stupid name. The actor who's the invisible superhero that goes into the power line. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, what's his name? I remember <laughs> that now. I was really good. Uh, I totally Brad remember. Pitt. Brad Pitt. He's on screen for all of like 10 frames, I think. That's him? Yeah. Brad Pitt's the invisible superhero. <laughs> oh my God. It's like that. the shortest cameo ever. Wow. <laughs> We'd have to time him in the. That one guy on Suicide Squad. Oh, that's, the guy who climbs funny. things. Yeah, he can climb yeah. anything. <laughs> he can climb anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> him being on screen for one second is more time than Brad Pitt's cameo. <laughs> Jesus. Um, like, like with with the with the Souls games, I would not have been able to to. Well, I definitely didn't go through Bloodborne. Like Aaron and Ryan here absolutely carried me to the end of Bloodborne. <laughs> they there were your no difficulty fu- setting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's no fucking way in hell that I would have ever completed that game. Oh, Aaron is a godsend when it when it comes yeah. to the, the Soulsborne games. You know oh, what's yeah. funny is that uh, that's when this conversation comes up and the people talk about Souls, the uh, the FromSoft games. That's what people say. It's like that Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro, they, they have, well, not Sekiro, but those games have a difficulty setting. Easy mode is summoning people. Hard mode <laughs> is right. playing through it alone. Yeah. All right, that's all we got for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch Tim on the Twitch uh, Mondays through Thursdays at twitch.tv/slash. Uh, yeah, that figures. Playing a lot of Oblivion, 
At the crack of dawn. Uh, what's that? You play at the crack of dawn. I'm still getting up. It's not that early. Wait, what time do you go on? I start around 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Oh, okay. Which, for me, used to be like a half hour after I got up. But I don't know what happened, but suddenly like I'm waking up before my alarm every day now. Uh, there you go. So, sucks, eh? No, it's great. It gives me so oh. much time to actually like <laughs> properly, you know, have a good proper morning routine. I'm not rushing. I get to I get to like casually make my coffee in the morning. I get to sit down at my desk and get things exactly the way I want them without any pressure of being late. It's great. All right, and uh, we also stream uh, uh, on the Wednesdays on Twitch.tv slash Damon Patch Media. Um, still, still doing the Sea of Thieves, I think. Yeah, season two is about to start. They're uh, they is that, is that something th- we can do? Yeah, there's well, a free. The, there's yeah, a, like yeah, like 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 the the progress track is going to reset. Um, and one of the updates that they that they teased in the the one of the teasers was uh, you can hide in barrels now. Right. Oh, yeah. you can buddy. you can like you can like just spawn a barrel and put it over you and just sit there, which is going to make PvP on random islands very interesting. Imagine Ooh, just sitting there for like an hour waiting for someone to come yeah. by. Oh my God. And someone gets and a lucky blunderbuss on you. Like, ah, yeah, and then they blunderbuss you and you immediately die. <laughs> you just have like, where are there so many fucking mermaids sitting around the island? And yeah. just like, then just an island full of barrels. You just start panicking. You're like, oh, fuck. Oh God. Which Jeez. one's which? All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.